Chief Investment Strategist at PNC Asset Management Group, $141 billion in assets under management, based in Philadelphia, on site with us at the U.S. Uh, Open. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. It was a little tricky getting you in here. <laughs> exactly. A little shady character. Security <laughs> stopped him. Um, this market, I was just talking with Steve Kroll before, and he said, you know, still likes the U.S. market, maybe a little bit overvalued um, because there's not a lot of other opportunities. <laughs> How do you see the market right now? Yeah, I think it's similar. As long as you think that the global economy is pretty supportive, and I think you have to say that, especially now, we got you know, a nice revision to the U.S. economy. We got you know, even, we'll say, more recent numbers with the Chinese PMI this morning a little bit better than expected. Um, it's hard to want to move away from it. I, I agree in terms of tilting a little bit maybe more towards Europe and maybe some Japan just because it's a little cheaper, but it's not drastically cheaper that you need to completely run away from the U.S., but it is hard to get real excited, though, about a lot of things yet. How do you feel uh, heading into September? It can be a very tricky month, certainly for the equity universe, and especially with, once again, you know, political wrangling that we'll see. Yeah, and I think that's the big one. We've just tried to tell people we expect some volatility finally. I mean, I keep saying it, you would You'd expect like some volatility. volatility. Eventually, may, I'll be right, and, and we will get <laughs> some. Um, but I think it's fair to say, particularly as we get the back and forth because um, really what I'm keying, you know, I know that the, the debt ceiling and all that is, is one part. Um, I think the bigger part's going to be the budget because the budget really determines whether you really got a chance at tax reform and I think that'll be the, where you might get some volatility. Well, what do you hear from your investors? You know, I, I think it's that same thing. It's hard to get excited. You know, many people still have a lot of cash on the sidelines, but yet markets run so far. Do they really? I, yeah, I do. I think... In fact, I know people have a good amount of cash still sitting there because people keep waiting for the pullback that seems to never come. We all know it will come, but it hasn't. Right. There's this kind of grind up. It continues despite kind of all the obstacles that seem to be uh, presented. Uh, in terms of sector and sector breakdown, what are you finding interesting right now? Yeah, so we still like financials. So yeah. <laughs> and this is another one. Eventually rates will go up. I, I, you know, we know short-term rates are going right. up, but in terms of that's the 10 years, the one that boggles the mind to me uh, when I keep saying the economy's doing okay and you're at a 213, 214. Well, what do you make of that discrepancy, right? Where people are saying, okay, and we're seeing consumer confidence and some different things uh, that point to optimism in the economy, and then you look at the bond market. You know, I think there's a lot of money Well, who do you believe? Do you yeah. believe the equity markets? Do you believe the economists? Do you believe the bond market? Um, that's a dangerous question, but I, um, I was going to say I never believe economists, but, um, <laughs> um, but I do think the global economy is okay. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against the bond market because I think it's just a lot of demand from safety and also just the relative uh, yields, you know, say versus Germany and other places. I think it just kept our yields here in the U.S. lower than they quote unquote should be. What's the big risk, do you think, in the final quarter of this year? Um, I think like most times, maybe it's twofold. You know, one is the economy, although I don't think that's actually the biggest risk. Um, you know, the so why do you say it then? Well, because you <laughs> never know. You know what I mean? Well, sure, just, but I, you know. I know. Yeah. I, I still have to, th I think like, okay, any, you know, it's always something could go wrong, but I, I think we're all right there. Um, probably it's the, maybe the tax reform side because, you know, while we put over 50% chance of actually getting, and all right, I'm going to change it to tax cut because I don't think you're going to actually get tax reform. Right. Um, 
we still think it's more than 50% chance. I think that's a, a, what it will be. Corporate tax cut, individual tax cut? Uh, I'm going to focus on the corporate tax cut. I think, okay. A, it's easier. Um, and B, it's probably more meaningful for, for the stock side. What, well, tell me what it's going to do. What is it going to do to a CEO of a publicly held company, a big publicly held company in terms of a tax cut? How is it going to change what they do in terms of strategy? <laughs> Seriously. Really. No, no, I, no, I agree. I, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot. It just brings more money to the bottom line in the end. You know, yes, you probably see repatriation, so they'll be able to bring money back. Right. I don't necessarily believe that they're going to reinvest that money more than they ever would have before. Maybe that's where you were going with it. Yeah. I don't think that is going to be the case. I think they're going to do what they were going to do with it, which is either, you know, pay it on a dividend or, I mean, they may in fact reinvest it. If the economy's going well, certainly they will. Um, but I don't think it in and of itself makes them do that. Let's talk a little bit about Harvey. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. understandably so, in focus over the last week or so. Um, what will be the economic implications and potentially, you know, how it plays out then in the market? Yeah, so I think the thing I'm keeping in mind is, so next quarter you probably shave two-tenths of a percent off of GDP maybe, something in that order, okay. um, but you probably get it back. Uh, so I think what I'll be watching is, you know, f some of the future reports will probably come in softer than expected, uh, and you just have to look for that, that, you know, whether it's retail sales, auto sales, et cetera, that's what we see in every large storm. So, and, and at least on the average, they all bounce back. So you just have to kind of look through. We'll have more noise to deal with. Uh, and I think that's what I'm expecting. We had a guest yesterday. She's a former, um, she's worked at the Texas, uh, was it the Texas Federal, Dallas Federal Reserve, excuse me, Dallas Federal Reserve, um, and said that it is as likely that we get a rate cut as we get a rate increase going forward. And she's concerned about some of the housing data, car sales data, some things that start to say, wait a minute, maybe things aren't so good. I, I'll disagree in the sense, I, I think we're way more likely to get a, a, an increase in rates. I mean, I think, yes, car sales look like they've, they've maybe topped, but they're still not bad. I mean, they're still good car sales numbers. Right. Uh, and the consumer looks to us to be in very good shape. So. I guess I still think that's okay in housing. I know we've gotten some mediocre numbers lately, um, but as much as anything, a lot of times you, you seem to be able to point back to inventories, not necessarily underlying demand being the problem. So, uh, so you, I, I'll take the other side of that. All right, take uh, pick a side here at the open. <laughs> you like uh, the open, obviously, you're here. I do, so I'm, I'm, I, since I'm an old uh, person, I'm going with Federer, because I like the old people to <laughs> there win. There really is like the, <laughs> the, the establishment, I feel like, of tennis that have been playing for a long time, and then you've got all these young upstarts. True. I, so I go, I like the Feder, Federer on that side. The other side, I guess I'm going to go, I still go, she's not old, but uh, Sharapova. But I, I, I saw Ostapenko this morning. That was awesome. So I, I you know, like there's a lot. Uh, Muguruza, you know, I, I like a lot of the, the women, I think, have a shot. I mean, we seem to, the uh, the field seems, well, seems wide open on the men's too. But uh, I'm looking forward to when we get done heading in and, uh, and watching Federer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, Serena's not here. Venus, what are your expectations? Yeah, I mean, I think she obviously has a chance. Um, I, I think it's tough to make it through the full two weeks for her necessarily. I think, you know, again, she has a chance. It's just hard to say. Uh, um, you know, I, I think Sharapova or somebody else maybe has a better chance. Do you know Federer, uh, I was reading a story that apparently was it yesterday that I think he was practicing in Central Park? I saw that. I saw it on Twitter, <laughs> actually. I thought that was pretty cool. That he decided, I think, that the trek into here to practice was too much. But uh, 
apparently some people, some fans, got a nice surprise to see him playing. I hope it helps because, you know, the big thing, the discussion is he didn't look quite very himself at the last uh, match, so hopefully his back is uh, is not acting up, and uh, and we'll see him uh, continue to march on. Well, listen, nice to have you here. I'm glad oh, we finally got you here. Yeah, thank you very much. Enjoy enjoy the match. Appreciate Matches. it. <laughs> All right, we've been talking with Bill Stone. He is a global chief investment strategist at PNC Asset Management Group. Uh, 141 billion dollars in assets under management, based in Philadelphia, but at the Open here in Flushing, Queens. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio.